Welcome to Wednesday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. It's Mike here. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me. I've had a busy week. I'm sitting in for Chris Plant, nationally syndicated around the country. Chris is in over 100 cities. I think it's like 125, and I've been there uh, every day and will be there, God willing, Thursday and Friday as well. And uh, you can find it via WMAL out of Washington, D.C., WMAL, they stream as well, so you can pick it up if you want to listen live from 9 a.m. Eastern till noon. And if you have Chris Plant's show in your town, good for you. Congratulations. That's a big win. Uh, He's a good guy. We know each other since childhood. We have a lot to get to today. Yeah, Liz Cheney's uh, house career is over. She's still going to make it through the end of the year, which makes her a lame duck and dangerous. But Liz Cheney lost as expected. No big surprise. It was a resounding win for the Donald Trump-backed Harriet Hagman, which uh, we salute Harriet for putting up with all the shenanigans from the left, trying to get people to switch parties and in order to vote in the primary, and then they wanted to switch back. That's just the kind of games they play. We'll talk about what uh, Liz Cheney said, what she's going to do, And we'll get to whatever the heck happened in Alaska. They have that ridiculous ranked uh, voting choice thing where you you pick people and you delegate one, two, three, or whatever it is. And it looks like, uh, well, Sarah Palin made it through her battle. She will be one of the four who will face off in the runoff, as did Lisa Murkowski. And uh, uh, Tishbaka, is that how you pronounce the name? of uh, the woman that Donald Trump was endorsing over Lisa Murkowski. We will see. We'll see what happens. But that's just a crazy situation. We're also going to talk with Cash Patel, the great Cash Patel, former federal prosecutor, a guy with more than 60 cases he prosecuted on the federal level. Lots of wins there, too. And um, we'll talk to Cash about what he thinks about the, uh, the big hearing tomorrow to release or not the affidavit that triggered the raid on Donald Trump's home. Cash is very familiar with the situation. As I said, he he was a federal prosecutor. But in the last few months of the Trump administration, he was chief of staff at the Pentagon. Kind of a big stinking deal. So we'll get to him. And um, as I said, we have lots of sound to play today as well. Yesterday, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. signed the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act, which won't really solve any of the inflation. As a matter of fact, we anticipate, many accountants and financial types anticipate, it's going to make the financial situation for people who don't make a lot of money a lot worse. Inflation's going to get higher and higher. They were even talking about inflation this morning over on uh, on the Today Show, who also interviewed uh, Liz Cheney after her loss. But uh, the inflation story is a big stinking deal. And even the Today Show recognizes it. 
Kicking off today's back-to-school supply drive, kids are returning to classrooms nationwide, and the cost of supplies is soaring. And this morning, we want to help. Yes, according to AdoptAClassroom.org, teachers, get this, spend an average of $750 of their own money last year on classroom materials. That was the highest amount ever. And here's what teachers are, are facing. This year, the cost of pencils up 40% since 2020. A ream of paper rising nearly 60%. Now... The Today Show is doing a good thing trying to put some uh, focus on teachers who pay a lot of their salaries to help students with supplies. But what about the parents? You're a parent, and the cost of a pencil is up 40%. Paper's up more than 50% to 60%. Add that into the food costs you have, the, the still rising cost of energy at home. Your electricity costs are going up. And gasoline is still high, no matter what the administration will tell you. It is still too damn high. So this bill is not going to help. It's only going to exacerbate a bad situation, make it worse. Rent is up. Rent is up. CNN was talking about how rent prices have gone up from March of 2020 until June of this year. It's not a small increase. Yeah, Alex, unfortunately, sticker shock is all too real for millions of Americans who are renting. The median rent in June was $1,876 a month. For context, that's up 25% from March 2020 when COVID turned the world upside down. And this is a big deal because for many Americans, housing is the biggest monthly expense. Yeah, yeah, 25% housing cost increase. Can you handle a 25% increase? in your housing costs? No, you can't. And that's not even talking about the cost of energy and the cost of feeding the people inside the house, which all of that is going up. And now we're going to face hikes in everything because of this ironically named Inflation Reduction Act. It's not an Inflation Reduction Act. It's going to exacerbate things and it's going to raise taxes on everybody, no matter what you say. Just saying it isn't going to do it. The Congressional Budget Office says it. You've got 200-plus accountants who wrote letters to Congress saying, don't do this. This is a really bad idea. But here we are, going to raise prices and ultimately will raise taxes. And the Democrats have told us that in a recession, the last thing you want to do is raise taxes. The last thing you want to do is to raise taxes in the middle of uh, a recession. When the economy is in decline, you don't want to raise overall taxes. I, I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. No one is going to want to raise taxes when we have a recession. In an economy like this, the last thing we should do is raise taxes on the middle class. Yeah, and yet that's what you're doing. That's exactly what this action will do. And Joe Manchin, who got the pen that Joe Biden used to sign the legislation as a uh, as a present. Joe Manchin is the guy who caused this all. Joe Manchin is the guy who should take the political blame for this. He should take a big political hit for this because he really is the guy who caused it because he agreed to the deal with the devil. Chuck Schumer. Yesterday, Joe Manchin was asked about this, too. 
He was asked about when, 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 when is inflation going to start going down because you call this the Inflation Reduction Act. You know, we need to know when the, the inflation is going to go down, Mr. Manchin. And he dared to say the, um, the truth. He dared to speak the truth. And I don't think he really intended to. But here's what happened. Is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them? Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not. But we never said anything happened immediately like today. It's turned the switch on and off. Huh. So we don't have a switch, but it's what he said initially to that reporter that should get your attention when she said it. When is it going to come down? Seriously, when are prices going to start to come down? And Manchin spoke the absolute truth when he said this. Why would it? Why would it? Why would it? Why would it? Well, maybe it would come down because it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. (laughs) These people got caught. Caught with their Democrat pants down. And that's not anything anybody wants to say. Uh, it's, It's really amazing to me. And yet we, we're here facing it. And we're going to have to deal with it, as well as the 87,000 IRS agents going to be unleashed on the country. Where do you think they're going to go? Where are those 87,000 IRS agents going to be focusing their efforts to got, get the revenue? Because we've been told that uh, inflation won't bring down uh, prices or won't be coming down anytime soon. So we need to get revenue. We need to raise more revenue. And that means the IRS has to go out and find it. Now, here's just a a couple of things you might consider. California lost more than $16 billion in small business revenue because businesses and people left the state. $16 billion, that's a lot of money. It wasn't just Elon Musk leaving uh, California. Florida gained over $21 billion in revenue over the last year, two years, because Florida is a uh, friendly to business community and it doesn't cripple people with fees and it likes freedom. So businesses have flocked to Florida. You've got 87,000 new IRS agents. Are you going to go to a state like California and try and squeeze out money from businesses that are barely hanging on? Or are you going to go to Florida, where the money is flowing? You're going to go to Florida. You're going to go to Texas. You're going to go to red states where people are successful because the government stays the hell out of the way. I guarantee you that's going to happen. Guarantee you. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, Congressman Thomas Massey put some focus on an IRS training video today that shows just how the IRS is going to train armed employees to go after what they call those rich, evil tax cheats. It's not going to be rich people. There are only 900 billionaires in the country. You're not going to send a couple hundred IRS agents after every billionaire. No, you have to go out and look for it. But let's remember, we were told that there wouldn't be any tax raising on people who made less than $400,000 a year. Joseph Biden told us that, didn't he? 
He promised us that. Guarantee, a promise. I've never broken my word. Anyone making less than $400,000 will not see one single penny in their tax raise. President huh. Biden breaking his promise not to raise taxes on the middle class. The Senate Democrats look to fast track a bill that multiple now nonpartisan experts say would raise taxes on nearly all Americans. I'll give you my word as a Biden, no one making less than $400,000 a year will see a penny in their taxes raised. The average tax rate for nearly every income bracket would increase. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. Taxes will rise by $16.7 billion in 2023 on Americans earning less than $200,000 a year. No one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny more in federal tax. Joe Biden has drawn the line at $400,000 a year. The, the committee does say it would raise taxes on people below that line. Yeah, they will. And this will be a very costly promise from Joe Biden. Along the lines of read my lips, no new taxes from George H.W. Bush. It's going to be a very expensive promise. Even Biden's advisor, Jared Bernstein, is continuing to claim that nobody making less than $400,000 will see a tax hike. He was on with uh, Neil Cavuto yesterday. The IRS will investigate everybody, presumably. It's not going to ignore everybody. It's not going to be just the rich, right? So let me explain. First of all, the president just said this in the clearest, most emphatic possible terms. Nobody under $400,000 of income will see their taxes go up one. Yeah, they will. They certainly will. It'll be more than a penny. Uh, It won't just be a penny. It'll be thousands of pennies, maybe hundreds of thousands of pennies. Oh, you people are funny, aren't you? Yes, you are. Very, very funny. So prepare for it. Be smart. Get rid of all the debt you can today. Get rid of as much debt. Don't pay your pay your daily bills, your monthly bills with your credit cards if you can. That's really a bad situation. We'll get to the Liz Cheney story next. We might as well. Liz Cheney, by the way, we're changing her name from Liz Cheney to Liz Lincoln. Yeah, Liz Lincoln. And why Liz Lincoln? Because she is uh, she's comparing herself to Abraham Lincoln. She did that last night during her uh, alleged concession speech. I say alleged because according to the interview with uh, Harriet Hageman and uh, Laura Ingram, the two never spoke last night. Cheney claims that she called and congratulated her, but they never spoke. So I'm thinking she just left a a voicemail. Here's a little bit of Cheney's concession speech, which made me think that we should start calling her uh, Lincoln, Liz Lincoln Cheney. Maybe we'll hyphenate her. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, 
that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task. Most of world history is a story of violent conflict, of servitude and suffering. Is she hinting that she's anticipating a civil war over the um, the January 6th committee meetings and all the stuff that they're throwing out there? She's comparing herself to Lincoln and she's talking about Lincoln's address at Gettysburg and talking about all the people who died in the Civil War. Is she saying that we're on the brink of a civil war? That's amazing. It really is amazing to me. To me, anyway. Maybe I'm the only one who hears that. But it seems a little uh, egomaniacal in the least to say that she is. Uh, she's like Lincoln. She's just like Abe Lincoln. Just like him. Hmm. Uh, is she going to run? I wonder if she's going to run. She was on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie today as well. When I found out I... Like I said, she was on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie as well. And uh, that had some interesting moments to it. Uh, The Today Show was there ready to talk to Liz Cheney. I guess they had made this deal ahead of time. They had agreed to have her in the exclusive interview with Savannah Guthrie. They already knew she was losing. That was a given. Uh, Here's one of the moments that caught my eye. Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. Yeah, she's running. She's running. Savannah went back and asked her, and it, it's apparent she thinks she's going to be running for president in 2024. But here's the question: With which party? Which party is going to welcome Liz Cheney? You have the um, Republican Party, which is poised to take over the House with many, many, many Donald Trump-backed candidates. I think uh, of the 10 or so House members who voted to impeach Donald Trump, all uh, all but two are done. They ain't coming back. So it looks like Donald Trump still is the titular head of the GOP. So the GOP isn't going to welcome Liz Cheney with open arms. She's a pariah to the majority of the party. And the Democrats aren't going to welcome her. If the Democrats really loved and wanted Liz Cheney to be their nominee in 2024, they certainly wouldn't have run people against her in in the race, which they're going to do. They've got people running in uh, in Wyoming for that seat, that single house. They're not going to win it. There's too many conservatives in Wyoming. It is kind of amazing, is it not? The, uh, the hubris, I think that's the right word, the hubris of Liz Cheney comparing herself to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> that really was something, Liz Lincoln. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. 
So is she going to run for the Senate first and then the presidency? Hmm. No, she's not. I don't think she's crazy enough to really think she could become president. But then again, one never knows. Truly, one never knows. (sighs) Tomorrow is the day that the Florida judge, the same guy who signed the warrant to raid Donald Trump's home, is going to rule on the request to release the affidavit. And Donald Trump wants it completely unredacted. He wants nothing hidden. He wants it all out there. Donald Trump, unlike Joe Biden, is a very transparent person. He wants transparency. The Biden administration doesn't want any transparency. The DOJ is saying, no, no, don't let this out. It'll compromise all of our all of our sources. Well, um, I wanted to know what the chances are of the affidavit being released. So I reached out to my buddy Cash Patel. Cash, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, not just a best-selling author of a great children's book called The Plot Against the King. It's a fantastic kid's book, great illustrations. Tells the story, the real story of the plot against Donald Trump through the eyes of a of a medieval king. It's very clever. Uh, but Cash is also the guy behind fightwithcash.com, fightwithcash.com, a place you can go and get all the documents that you need to, to disprove all the junk that the January 6th committee is putting out there. It's the whole story because you're only being told one part of the story. So um, uh, we asked Cash to be here. And uh, he's he's checking us out today. He needs a he needs no real introduction. But he did talk recently about Donald Trump declassifying information. And he told us the story. And this is all you really need to know about declassification. This is a key fact that most Americans are missing. President Trump, as a sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say these are now declassified. Yeah. And probably did do that. Uh, Joining us, as I said, is Cash Patel, former federal prosecutor. He was the chief of staff at the Pentagon during the last few months of Donald Trump's presidency. He was the guy who tried to get the National Guard deployed at the Capitol, but Nancy Pelosi rejected it. Uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., rejected it. Cash has the papers signed by the president authorizing it to prove it. They're all up on uh, fightwithcash.com as well. And Cash, the fabulous children's author and a great expert on things legal as it relates to the Trump presidency, et cetera, is joining us. Welcome, my friend. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for that great intro. And I appreciate you talking about fightwithcash.com and, you know, the pot against the king, the pot against the king.com. Russiagate for kids, adults, and pets. Go to Truth Social and check it out. We're going to teach our children about history and the truth and not CRT. Yeah, this is a, it's a really fun little book. And it went to number one. Now, did you have pushback from like the big, the big tech companies to squash your book? Oh, Google shut us down. Amazon shut us down. Um, I can't remember who else shut us down. And after a two-week fight, uh, they realized they were in the wrong, and they quietly released their their shutdowns of us. So that's how we know we're talking about the truth, 
They did it to the plot against the president. They're doing it to the plot against the king because they're terrified that we're going to educate American children on what actually happened in this country and what it takes to get it back. Well, you guys can find the plot against the king. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. It's a kid's book, but adults will love it, too. Uh, Cash, we have tomorrow a big deal happening Mm -hmm. with the guy who released the warrant or okayed the warrant to uh, allow the raid on Mar-a-Lago. He's going to decide whether or not to release the affidavit. You're a former federal prosecutor. I know you have dozens of successful prosecutions under your belt. You were also the chief of staff at the Pentagon at the end of the Trump administration. How do you see this shaking out with this affidavit? Yeah, it's a great point. I think it's more of a showcase hearing than anything else. The affidavit will not be released. you know, basically how the DOJ and national security prosecutions operate, which is where I used to be in the national security division, is simply that unless and until there's a charging decision, uh, there is no release of the affidavit. And the DOJ has already come out and publicly stated they don't want it released because it's going to show their entire case. I think based on, you know, it's a, just a continuation of Russiagate, Jan 6, Ukraine impeachment, what have you. Once we get the underlying docs, we're not going to see them tomorrow, but Congress has to fight for them when we win. And I'm glad my friend Jim Jordan is sending out letters to Garland and Ray to preserve all these documents. Then we will see that this investigation, too, is corrupted by politics. And uh, it'll be the total destruction of the FBI and DOJ, and we'll have to rebuild. Well, you say total destruction. Isn't it mostly the top level or a couple of levels at the top? Is there any hope for the, the dozens and do- maybe hundreds and hundreds in the field who have served the FBI for years? You're totally right, and what I mean by that is that the total destruction has occurred by these top-ranking so-called officials who say they're doing justice. They've ruined it for the thousands of great Americans that serve in the DOJ and FBI. And to build it back, we're going to have to wipe out that leadership, be transparent to the American people about every single case that they have corrupted and lied about and gotten caught by our investigation at Russiagate and others. And we're going to have to show the American people we can take these institutions back and use them as a premier law enforcement agency that they used to be, not like when James Comey and Andy McCabe were there lying and covering for their political buddies and uh, breaking their oath of office and the law. It's heartbreaking to me because the FBI was, in my youth, the premier law enforcement agency around the world. And to see it politicized and dragged through the mud its reputation your buddy jim jordan said there are dozens of whistleblowers coming out have you heard about any of this and are we going to hear from whistleblowers you know i've called for it and you know hopefully if things go the way they're supposed to go Jim, jim jordan will be chairman of the judiciary committee which has direct oversight of the fbi and doj Senator Grassley's been doing amazing whistleblower work, and we've been calling for more and more whistleblowers to come out. And I'm and I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but I'm reading in the media that so many are coming forward at FBI and DOJ. That's what we need. Remember what they did to us. Chair Mellon came out and basically falsely made up information about Donald Trump and the Ukraine matter to impeach or instigate an impeachment of a presidential candidate. That's how they weaponized the IC and law enforcement. We need real whistleblowers not political deep state whistleblowers who want their next CNN fake news contract. And I'm glad that these brave guys are coming forward. And uh, Senator Grassley back in charge and Jim Jordan on the, on the House side, they are going to have protection and the FBI and DOJ is going to be in trouble. 
Well, let's hope. Let's hope. The House looks like it's a pretty solid opportunity for the Republicans to regain control. The Senate seems to be in a little different and more difficult situation. You're there on the inside. You're close to a lot of the the leadership in the party. Do you hear that we've got a real shot at the Senate or no? I think so. Look, I've been on the ground championing America First candidates in places like Arizona with Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and Abe Hamada and in my home state of Nevada. I've been on the ground multiple times for Adam Laxalt, who won the primary. Um, and we're going to continue doing that in Pennsylvania and Georgia. All these seats are in play um, in Missouri, you know, you know uh, with Eric Schmidt. So, look, we, I believe, firmly will get um, to 52 or so. And that's a huge win in an off-cycle Senate election year. Our, our, our favors are in 2024 when the, when the table is up in our favor. So if we pick up a couple here, which I think we'll do, it'll at least be enough to, to stop the, the, the bleeding. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, the gentleman we're talking to is Cash Patel. If you don't know him, you should. Uh, he's got a great podcast. He's a great follow on social media. And his book, The Plot Against the King. And Cash, you're in the book. <laughs> You're, you've made a, yeah. a, a great character of yourself in this children's book, The Plot Against the King. More importantly, fightwithcash.com has all the documents you need to understand what's really behind January 6th, as well as uh, the stuff going on in the Durham investigation still going on. I wish we would get a resolution. Uh, Cash, I thank you for sharing some time with us and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for having me on your show. It's awesome. I'd love to be back. Thank you, guys. Sure. Anytime. Anytime you want to be back, you can be back, Cash. Cash Patel. Go to uh, fightwithcash.com. Great stuff. Especially for ammunition to share with your friends who believe the January 6th committee is telling you the whole story. They are not. All right. I've got to get out of here. I'm going to be back on for Chris Plant tomorrow. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern. It uh, it starts at 9 a.m. out of WMAL in Washington, D.C. You can hear it online. It's in uh, over 100 cities around the country. And hopefully we'll be back with another podcast tomorrow. Thank you, my friends. And remember, testudo. Testudo, my friends. <laughs>